Hey, listeners. After five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers. And I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving. Just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 83, uh, airing first in early March 2019. We're going to be talking family travel, which is always a favorite topic for us, but we're particularly excited about our guest this time, uh, Jody Robbins, who is an expert on Canadian travel, which uh, Canada turns out to be a great place uh, to visit, whether you're Canadian yourself or our American listeners. Pretty easy to get to and yet feels foreign in a little way, maybe slightly more exciting. But anyway, she's got a lot of great family travel tips, uh, as well as uh, places we can we can visit in Canada, which Sarah and I have both been a big fan of doing with our families. Yeah, yeah we so. love Canada. Cameron actually went to school today wearing a Roots Canada hat. <laughs> this, it's, it's good. You know, it's uh, it's like going to Europe without the problem. Actually, it's not really like going to Europe. But anyway, exactly. It's, uh, but you wanted to share a passport tip, right? Oh, my goodness. Do I have a, a passport tip? I, I guess uh, we well, for, it, it's good to get a passport for your kids. You know, if you've got some time to do this, like maybe this is something you could do on a day 
that your kids are off school, but is not like a real school holiday um, that the post office would also be off. Um, like this is when we've always done it. So last year, like President's Day weekend for some, we got a half day on Thursday. It's not a holiday or the Friday for, for anyone but the school. So we made our appointments at the post office, brought the kids in, you know, get their photos ahead of time. But the good thing about having a valid passport for your kids is that then you can do it. Like then you can consider Canada or Mexico or Europe and as opposed to sort of artificially limiting your options just because you you don't have it. And I swear it's not that complicated. I say this as somebody who's gotten it's like not. four kids passports. Sarah's done three. But I like public service announcement here, because every time I go to get them done, the family before us or after us gets turned away. Uh, and I feel so horrible for them. Like, it's really funny because we had the exact same yes. thing. And then I, I was being really obnoxious. And I was like, of course, the dad didn't read the directions. The dad and John didn't was read like, the directions. that's so sexist. Like, the mom could have just as easily not read the directions. I'm like, yeah, but it was the dad. Yeah, and, and there's different reasons. Like, obviously, if if you're, um, you know, a two-household family, like if you're, you know, divorced or not married or whatever, there's, there's slightly more complications. Like, the parent who's not the custodial parent has to notarize the forms within a certain window because they're trying to prevent child kidnapping, which makes total sense, but it does make it more complicated. Um, but both parents have to be there um, if, if you are together as custodial parents. Um, so that's complicated. Obviously, you have to choose a, a particular day for that. But, you know, you can often get Saturday morning appointments then, but bring in the forms, make copies of everything your passports, your driver's licenses, the kids' birth certificates, like everything, just anything you might need, bring it in. But when we've done that, it's actually been great. I often find I have more stuff than I need. But, you know, having it done, then then you're good. Um, and, then, and then you can go. So go do it. If you haven't done it, please, please go do it. All right. Off the soapbox. <laughs> so do you have any are you going to be using your passports in the next years with the with the kids do you have uh, your year kind of planned out travel well we might wind up in in canada we went to the uk with the big kids last year and we also took them to montreal um both great destinations that require passports we may wind up in canada at some point this year i'm not sure if we will we haven't totally planned that out yet but uh, you've got some cool travel on deck uh look at your yeah dude. we're you know, I mean, we, we haven't decided all of it, which I th kind of think is fun. I like the idea that we don't actually know what we're doing for summer yet. We typically, I would say our typical travel times are now spring break, kind of end of summer, like August, like right before school starts, and then um, winter break. Because you realize as soon as your kids are in school, like you're no longer able to just take some random week in the middle of May or something. Yeah. You're kind of limited. So we're doing a Disney cruise for spring break, which was my first cruise. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to this because we're doing it with friends, which is, um, I think will make it even more fun. We are doing, um, we don't know what we're doing in August, and I'm hoping maybe I'm going to get inspired by this episode because it does seem like another a time that might be a nice time to go back to Canada. And then um, in the winter, maybe some kind of ski slash Philadelphia combo again. That might be our new thing. Yeah. And then Josh and I have a couple couples trips coming up, one to Nashville, one in the summer to Colorado, and both for concerts. Oh, my gosh, Genevieve. I know. I was going to say, like, Genevieve is already wailing about your leaving her for the, the couples trips. <laughs> She's like, I can sense it. So I'm wailing in the background. Uh, I think you're right. Well, hopefully <laughs> that will resolve itself. Resolve itself. <laughs> I've never been on a cruise, so um, maybe sometime, you know, We'll have to report back on the Disney cruise because I'm sure that's the kind of cruise my kids would want to do, right? Like we we went to Olani two years ago, the the Hawaii Disney Resort, and they love that. So I assume it's sort of very similar. It's like that only cruise ship form. So we'll we'll 
probably wind up doing that at some point in our life. Yeah, we tend to do, we're, we're probably not doing a big spring break thing this year because we're doing Disney in February. We have two summer weeks already planned. They're sort of beach weeks. One, um, Michael's sister's lake house with sort of extended family get together. And then we're doing a week in the Jersey Shore. You know, and, and we'll probably wind up doing something the last week of August too, just because nobody's working. So it's a pretty easy week to take off. But this does start adding up. Like I calculated last week, I probably took six weeks of sort of at least quasi vacation. I mean, it's never a hundred percent for me. I usually do, you know, somewhere between three and ten hours of work on any given vacation week from my time logs, but but still it's a lot of time. And I'm not sure how, how sustainable that, that is. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we I've, definitely don't have six weeks, no. even with my schedule, work schedule wise. So that's, yeah, yeah not going to happen. It's, it's, it was, but the problem, I mean, we set this sort of bar like that. Now the kids are all like, well, what are our three trips we're doing over the summer? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> three, t- like, no, not three trips, <laughs> but uh, oh, well, anyways, we've uh, sort of overdid that. Um but yeah, no, just uh, one one sideline before we get into our, our guest. Uh, this is the last week before Juliet School of Possibilities comes out. Speaking of the Jersey Shore. Yes. The, the house, it's a the house we're staying in the summer is, is semi the house that her, her School of Possibilities is modeled on, only if the house was like four times as big. But it's sort of how I pictured the location. Um, I'm not renting a whole conference center, in case anyone's wondering. But uh, and the town we're going to is sort of the town that, I based that on for for the book. And what town is that? Is that Cape May? Or uh, no, is that... Ocean Grove. Ocean Grove. Oh. But it's it's a fictional town in the book. It's called Maris, which just means sea in Latin. So it's a very generic. It's just name inspired from, by Ocean Grove. Inspired by Ocean Grove. Um, if there were a big conference center there, which there is not. But anyway, well, you can't you can't go wrong with the Jersey Shore. I mean, come yeah, on. yeah. But just if anyone was was thinking of buying the book, which I of course heartily encourage, you could still get the the pre order incentives this week. Uh, I'm have a free ebook you can download if you fill out the form on my website, lauravandercam.com, that you pre-ordered. Um, just go to the Juliet School of Possibilities page there, fill out the form. And this ebook is some of my favorite life hacks. It's called Laura's Little Book of Life Hacks, 113 Ideas for Winning at Work and at Home. And so just a lot of my favorite tips in one place. And so, you know, again, we, as we've mentioned in the past, if, if you're not quite sure about a fable, this is a way to sort of get another Laura Vanderkam productivity related book um, and then think of yourself as getting the fable for free. Uh, so all you have to do is uh, is pre-order it. So anyway, that'll be out next week. Thanks for letting me do that little commercial. Of course. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be a great, what's the word for like, what's the word for like premiere? Premiere. Book, launch, book, book release day. Launch book, day. Launch yes, day, exactly. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, let's get to Jody and learn about all things travel in Canada. Well, we're happy to welcome Jody Robbins to the program today. Um, Jody will be talking with us about family travel and Canada, her area of expertise. So, Jody, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, yes, I'm a Calgary-based freelance writer and blogger, and I like writing a lot about family travel and wellness and outdoor adventure. My first book, 25 Places in Canada, Every Family Should Visit, is available on Amazon, and it's a Canadian bestseller. And I make a lot of mistakes when I travel. I'm certainly not perfect, so I share all of that in the book and on my blog, so hopefully everyone else can have better experiences. And when I'm not traveling, I have... um, 
take care of my daughter and my dog. And I have a husband. We do a lot of snowboarding in the Canadian Rockies. And I also like trying out wacky spa treatments whenever I get the chance. <laughs> Maybe that's an upside of travel writing, right? You have a reason to go visit all hotel spas. Uh, yeah. You know, that I will. Their <laughs> I would. I would like some more detail on the wackiness, but also, how old is your daughter? Uh, my daughter is fourteen, and I'm doing currently an article on wacky facials. So I've had a lot of snail <laughs> slime mucus on my face in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> wow! Does that work? I don't know. What does that do for you? Is like the the Botox equivalent or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. Actually, it's got a like a hydrolonic acid and glycolic acid in there. If so, if you're in a harsh winter climate, it's highly recommended. Oh, interesting. Cool. Well, your skin looks excellent. I know. So we, we, we have video for our listeners. We recently started using a new software program that allows us to see each other. We're not recording the video for putting out into the world, but it's kind of helpful for our managing our conversations because we can see who's talking and try to interrupt each other a, a little bit less. But yes, we can tell you that Jody's skin looks, looks <laughs> fantastic. So we'll, we'll put in the the you know, plug for, for snails. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it'd be more like chocolate or something, uh, you know, or I, I know. know, especially at this time of year. <laughs> so, um, why don't we just dive right into some of the, the travel tips? So Sarah and I have both been looking through 25 places every family should visit in Canada, which then also has a helpful section in the back of just family travel tips in general. And you have a couple of surprising things that you think people should bring. Like on a road trip, you should bring a cookie sheet. Like tell us about that one. Yeah, well, cookie sheets are very multi-purpose, but essentially what they are is uh, it's like a little table for your kids. And because of the ridges along it, um, things don't fall out. So you can use a cookie sheet for magnetic play. You could use a cookie sheet, you could cut up some felt and they can make pictures or just if they want to color, but it keeps everything contained. And if you're eating in the car, you can use it as a little food tray. Ooh, nice. That's definitely good. The, the makeshift potty is another <laughs> one. Uh, so for those with a younger, newly trained potty, newly potty trained kids, I guess, what, how does one make a makeshift potty? Well, you get one of those giant plastic tubs of ice cream, the kind when we were kids, we could only buy ice cream that way. And you line that kind of a plastic bucket with um, thick plastic bags. And so, you know, you can use it as a vessel to store things in your vehicle. But, you know, when you are in need, you can pull over at the side of the road and use that as a little makeshift potty. Yeah. Or if somebody is gets car sick, right? I mean, I guess it's sort right. of Right. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and your surprise bag. What, what, what does a surprise bag involve? Well, people can use this for any type of travel, whether you're doing a road trip or on an airplane, but you make a bag for each child with items to surprise and hopefully delight them. And it doesn't have to be expensive, but it just, it's more the novelty factor to keep the kids entertained. So things like um, Etch-A-Sketch or pipe cleaners or dollar store treats, or maybe even a piece of licorice, something that takes them a long time to chew. Now, some parents I know make these bags and keep them up front with the caregiver and only dole out one treat every 30 minutes, but others just deliver the bags to the kids as soon as they get in the vehicle or on the plane. I do feel like that's a nice festive way to start your trip, and the kids would probably be very excited about it. Although my true confession is my kids are typically most excited about the idea that they would get to use 
the iPad for like four hours on some flight. <laughs> right, right, right. I think it's really better when you do it. It's just the whole, you know, they do get excited about it. And sometimes they're like dying to get on the plane. You know, they don't want to wait for boarding because they know they're going to get that, that bag as soon as they sit down. Yeah, yeah. I think you you had an interesting thought on the the you know doling out the screens that you might want to wait a little bit um, just to to keep the novelty and and sort of reserve yeah. it for the the True emergency enough. time. Sure, sure. And this is it's it's tough to do if you've already established electronics um, because kids know routine and they don't usually like disruptions. But if you have younger children and you've not yet gone down that route of handing over the iPad, my advice is to save electronics and any kind of device until the end of the journey when nobody's fresh anymore. That way they just get used to occupying themselves, occupying their mind. I remember when my daughter was little, we didn't have the option. I don't think iPads were out yet. And uh, she would look out the window and she would tell me how much she loved watching TV in the car when it rained. And I had no idea what she was talking about, but she was making up little TV shows from the little water droplets. And she thought that was TV. So, and that was, you know, obviously she was quite young when she did that. But I was happy to have gotten that advice because we have, I've got a family member who's a couple hours outside of town. We would visit often and she would know she needed to occupy herself. And then the last sort of half hour in the journey when it was, you know, really frustrating and, you know, kids have a hard time being patient. When you dole out the electronics, then they're very useful and I think more effective. Yeah. Now, with your your daughter being on the older side now, I mean, one of your tips is involving older children in in planning the trip and and planning stops on a road trip or planning events if you're flying somewhere on, on the other end of it. Um, so, what does your daughter come up with that you've you've been surprised by? Well, I think it doesn't really matter how old your child is. It's really hard to avoid the uh, "Are we there yet?" wines. But with older children, you can really involve them in the planning process. So my advice is to have them plan the stops. So you can use an old-fashioned paper map. Those are often quite fun for kids to look at or obviously go into Google Maps and have them plan out the stops. Say we're going from A to B. It's going to take approximately this much time. You figure it out. You look for green spaces. You look for interesting attractions or fun restaurants, maybe a cool donut shop. And when you give them that responsibility, they're more interested in the trip. It gets them doing a bit of research and they can print it out. They can make an itinerary and then everybody knows, yeah, we're going to be driving for the next hour and a half. That's when we're going to stop. Because I think when kids feel that loss of control, you know, parents control everything where we eat, where you stop to go to the bathroom, it just makes it more enjoyable for them. And it's also one less thing you need to do. I love that. I always have these fantasies about like letting, I've talked about this in the podcast before, like a certain age that our kids are going to reach where I let them actually choose a trip, like a destination and then like plan it around that. But that's like another, you could do what you're saying at even a younger age, because I'm not necessarily going to trust my eight year old to plan out a whole week, but they could certainly pick which rest stops or as you said, attractions. That's cool. Yeah. Now, now traveling with other families. So Sarah's going on a trip, um, upcoming uh, cruise with, with another family. Um, what are some things to keep in mind when you're, when you're traveling with other people? Well, I think first off, you have to um, pick your vacation partners wisely because families have different values and everyone has different eating and sleeping and all those kinds of issues and things that have set their family up for success that are quite different. And you think it'll all be fine. 
But um, it's just a, a really good idea to discuss money, sleeping, eating arrangements prior to your trip. It sounds really nerdy, but if you can do that in advance, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache on the trip. It's also a good idea to plan for independence and to schedule alone time for your family every day. So I had a girlfriend who did this and she was smart and she told the other people she was sharing the house with that they were going to do that, that every morning or every afternoon, her family was going to take two hours to themselves. And it's good for a couple reasons. One, kids often can use a timeout when they're with other families. It's easy to get overstimulated. Um, maybe they do actually need a disciplinary timeout, and that's time when you can do that. But it's also just good to reconnect. And um, sometimes when you're doing a group trip, you you go with the flow, and maybe you're doing activities that you may not want to do. So when you purposefully have this time set aside each day, you can get those things done that you want to do and just sort of take care of your family's needs. Yeah, and that probably goes for trips with relatives as well, although that's a slightly Special yeah, you subset. put that in a whole other category <laughs> yeah, didn't you? Yeah, of, of traveling with other people. Um, what 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 best practices do you have for for those sorts of extended family trips? Yeah, those ones are are more challenging, I would say, because I don't know about you guys, but definitely in my family, I definitely revert back to my childish behavior, even though <laughs> we're all much older adults now. Plus, you don't get to choose your family members based on vacation compatibility, yes, whereas yes. the friends are probably carefully a curated bunch. That's true, that's true. <laughs> well, I think there's two kinds of trip with families. Definitely those multi-generational trips are just soaring in popularity, and they are fantastic because it's a great chance for everyone to reconnect, but also there's that built-in babysitting if you've got nieces and nephews or perhaps a generous grandparent who doesn't mind it. But so often, family trips are what I call duty trips. And you have to go back to either your home or your partner's home and for a wedding, a funeral, what have you. And they're not really a vacation, even though we are using our vacation time and we're using our, you know, cost money to fly across the country if you have to do that. So just really think if you need to do the trip. If it's a vacation, great. But if it's not a vacation and it is a duty trip, call it what it is. And really consider, do you need to bring everyone along? Do you need to schlep all your kids across the country, if that's the case? And if you do, just again, as Laura mentioned, set some of those, um, those ground rules and that schedule time for your family. Because um, obviously, especially if you're staying in somebody else's house, they're going to have different rules and maybe don't touch this, unfamiliar food. You need some time and physical space for your family to, to chill out. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and and not to be shy about doing the time that you need as well. I mean, I know I've um I'm I may seem funny in my extended family trips of of wanting to run every day, but I want to run every day and I'm a much better person to be around if I have run. So, you know, saying, well, how can we make this happen and, you know, not making too big a deal out of it, but uh, you know, that's um and it's hard to just coordinate everyone too. I mean, I it's a lot of people and, you know, every decision you probably have, whatever emotional baggage has come in from like 30 years, 40 years of, of togetherness. Uh, you know, it's not just like, do we go to the park or do we go to the museum? It's like, and we fought as children. Right. <laughs> so. right, right, right. I know people who set up spreadsheets, yep. like Excel spreadsheets, and they send them out to their whole family. And um, it's 
some of it is just for meal planning. Like my family will take a day during dinner, your family will take a day doing dinner, but it's also to slot in those activities. So Laura could slot in her runtime there. If you do a bit of advanced research, maybe you're setting down, oh, my family's going to go to this green space or park, everyone's welcome to join us. So the spreadsheet, um, it seems very type A and perhaps it is, but if you throw it on the fridge, it gives everybody a good indication of who's doing what when. Yeah. And and we loved your tip about, you know, especially if you're have have had more of this duty trip, like doing something fun for you or fun for you and your partner shortly after returning. Uh, What's up with that idea? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, duty trip or even a family vacation. I mean, a family vacation is not a couple's vacation. They are two very different things. But I think especially the first time or the first couple times you go on a family trip, you think it's going to be like it was when you were traveling pre-child, and it's often not. So, yeah, my advice is to schedule some kind of a date night within a week of your return. So it could be going out for dinner so you can, you know, do a data dump about the trip and talk about what worked, what didn't. Having a massage is a great one, um, especially now that there's so many mobile massage companies that can come to your home. You know, you, if you've been flying, you're probably full of knots and stress, but it's just also a way to end the vacation. It extends it just that little bit longer. I hear you on this one. Number one, I love having a buffer day. So not going back to work the day immediately after the trip. But I found that that date night, if possible, is really, really important because there's no time that we need to reconnect more than after we've just spent um, seven days, like 24-7 childcare. So yeah. Yeah, So true. So why don't we pivot here to talking about Canada, which is Jody's uh, particular area of expertise. We have a lot of international listeners as well, but I think the bulk of our listeners are in the U.S. like we are. Uh, so why why view Canada? Why is, why is Canada a great destination for, for us to visit? Well, I think it's, it's familiar. And so it's very, um, I think, easy to get to. That's, that's the first one. So most U.S. cities have direct flights to Canada that I think people don't realize. Uh, but it's easy travel. So with the exception of Quebec, um, there's the same language. But even in Quebec, where they speak French, you'll find many are bilingual. But there's the familiar food, there's the high health and safety standards. So I think there's that level of comfort, which Americans like, I think, certainly more Americans visit Hawaii than they do Mexico for, for those reasons. But most importantly, it's it's on super sale for you guys with uh, the exchange rate between the dollars, it's 30% off. So you can stay at a top end hotel or, you know, you can go from a Fairmont to a Four Seasons to even a Super 8. And it's in Canadian dollars, which currently is 30% less than the greenback. Well, you never know by the time this podcast airs. Maybe <laughs> well, the so let's hope not. That would be pretty quick. <laughs> a quick turnaround. But no, right I, but I see what you're saying right now. It's a good buy right now. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, and I think yeah. people don't realize how much of uh, how how much it is on sale. Certainly, I know, Sarah, you were in Whistler area, and they do get so many American yes. visitors. The prices are adjusted a bit accordingly, but in the majority <laughs> of yeah. Canada, um, you will find a significant discount. Yeah, which is which is always a good thing when it comes to uh, when it's funny you said the international most cities have flights to Canada. I always laugh when I see some small airport that calls itself the whatever international airport, and it's usually because they have 
a daily flight to Toronto. One flight <laughs> One to Montreal to or Toronto. Toronto. Yep. And it's like, well, that we can call ourselves international. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they, um, and the funny thing is they don't even actually have to have the infrastructure for having exactly. the international stuff then because the Canadians deal with the, the customs on their side when you get there. And then the U.S. has stationed um, customs officers in most Canadian airports so that you can clear customs on the Canadian side. So by the time you land, your landing is if you were landing from a domestic flight. So you can be an international airport here without all that. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, if, you, if your local airport calls itself international, you might look into it because there probably is one Canadian <laughs> flight. So uh, you can uh, get on that one. Um, so give us some of your favorite destinations. Uh, you, you had broken this down into some categories, like for people who are looking for different things. And, and so why don't you run through those for us? Well, that's just it. I mean, there's no one size fits all. And Canada is so much like the US is just very regional with from big cities to the varying landscapes. So if you're looking for a city break, my top recs are Vancouver, just a very beautiful, clean city where you can surf or ski, but also Ottawa, which is the capital city of Canada. And most people, Ottawa is not on most people's radar. It's between Toronto and Montreal and fantastic museums and lots of outdoor adventure to be had there too. So those are, yeah, Vancouver is awesome. Um, I will I will testify to that beautiful, beautiful city. Um, a lot of outdoorsy stuff there, you know, craft beer, coffee. Um, you can bike or run on the water. Absolutely beautiful. How about for our skiing listeners? Uh, where, where's your best ski destinations? Well, I have to recommend my province of Alberta and Banff National Park. So there are ski resorts just outside the town of Banff and in Lake Louise. And what's great about um, the ski resorts in Banff is that it's in the Rocky Mountains, so very similar to Colorado, much more affordable than skiing in Colorado. We have champagne powder because our climate is quite dry. So the snow is very nice. If you've skied in Whistler or Mammoth, that's like a more wet, heavy coastal snow. And then when you go to this kind of champagne powder, it's just, there's no comparison. So it's fantastic. And actually in March is a great time to come skiing during spring break because our temperatures. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And our temperatures typically don't get um, into the deep freeze. Um, they're very moderate in March, but we get heaps and heaps of snow in March for the past five years. So Definitely, I would consider skiing in Alberta at Lake Louise Ski Resort or Sunshine Village. Those are the two most popular ones. The airport for that is in my hometown of Calgary. And so Banff National Park is only an hour's drive away. But also in the other direction, um, a lot of people don't know, we have this um, huge um, dinosaur fossils in Alberta. So many of the dinosaurs that you do see at the top American museums have come from my province of Alberta. And, you know, what kid around five years old isn't a major dinosaur fan? And we have this provincial park called Dinosaur Provincial Park, and it has the most number of species, the most number of fossils out of anywhere in the world currently. Oh, that is awesome. And then how about if you're looking for sort of a more culture, different kind of experience on, on that point? I mean, obviously, like we said, a lot of Canada is a lot like the U.S., but there are parts that aren't. Right. So Quebec is a great example. So French speaking province, it's so much like Europe, cobblestone streets, um, great, great culinary scene, people speaking French, historic buildings. 
But unlike Europe, it's much uh, easier and closer to get to and a lot more affordable. So lots of different places in Quebec. You can have chic city breaks in Montreal, very beautiful historic vacation in Quebec City. But outside all these major cities, there's so much when it comes to outdoor adventure. They do also have skiing there, wonderful warm lakes. In the wintertime, they have these... um, toboggan runs so it's like a sled and it's essentially down a ski slope so imagine like a seven kilometer long sled ride and they have outdoor adventures. wow no super fun I just did it last winter and really epic really great for kids and unlike other winter activities that you would see at other resorts they have tubing so snow tubing you're on these inner tubes and it's at a former water park. So those water park slides, you're actually going down on snow tubes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, we went to um, Tremblant uh, outside Montreal uh, a couple of times, and, and that was great. Uh, you know, I love the, the tradition of putting um, maple syrup in the snow and making your own candy. That was pretty cool. And then I was a big fan of the outdoor hot tub in the snow. That's just a, a you know special treat to have a very cold nose and a very warm body like sitting there with my ski cap uh and an and adult beverage um in a in a hot tub outside as the snow is falling down so you guys don't do awesome. that <laughs> not not so much i okay. you know i don't know it's, it's a bigger thing here but i bet uh, they do in the midwest they have to i bet you <laughs> maybe Minnesota, know, Minnesota, Minnesota, they're, all, they're all about the uh, outdoor hot tub that could be true that could be true and so then for obviously the Vikings fans, uh, not, not Vikings as in the Minnesota Vikings, but as in the ones who came over from Iceland, uh, where, where can we go to the historical places for that? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that like half a millennium before Columbus arrived, the Vikings made landfall in northern Canada, in Newfoundland. Sorry, Atlantic Canada, not northern Canada. But it was in northern Newfoundland that they made landfall um, several times, about a dozen times they came over. And yeah, their remains are there. They're um, they're buildings, their artifacts. So really, really fascinating to see. Um, Many of them have been uh, replicated, these buildings, and they have character period actors there roving around. I didn't expect it to be as interesting for my daughter as it was. And she loved it. And she was fascinated. And Newfoundland. That sounds really cool. It is very cool. And Newfoundland's a bit separated physically from Canada and it was the last province to join in 1949 and it's just a very different culture many people still is it hard to get to no no there's direct flights there um several direct yeah very easy to get to and in fact direct flights from Newfoundland to New York to London um and incidentally you know after 9-11 the majority of flights went to Gander Newfoundland And that story is told in the Broadway show Come From Away. So if you're familiar with Come From Away, that tells a story about Newfoundland hospitality. And they're really um, just a wonderful type of people. Definitely a little bit of different Canadian culture that you would, uh, you can't experience anywhere else. Well, wonderful. So those are some great ideas for our listeners and people are looking for a last minute trip for for March. Uh, Maybe get up there to... uh, Banff um, and uh, get some get some skiing on the champagne powder. Which yes. I did not know that, that phrase before, but I, I love it. So Jody, we always end each uh, our guest segments with our love of the week. Um, so something that's really cool for us right now. Uh, Sarah and I can start, so you can think about it uh, while we're we're going first. Uh, Sarah, what do you have for us this week? 
Mine is not on theme at all. Sorry. But um, I just did a roundup of work pants on my blog for anyone interested. Um, And I will do a shout out to what I consider the popular winners. And I wore them yesterday and I really like them. They're the Everlane work pant or the work pant. They come in different lengths. They are only $50. They are side zip. They're quite, they're fitted, but not tight in that perfect kind of uh, straddling the line there. And um, Everlane does have fairly sustainable um, and transparent work practices compared to some other companies. So I am sold. Yeah. Um, my love of the week is actually the the post office, <laughs> which uh, Jody, before we had you on, we had an opening segment about the the fun of getting kid passports. You know, we've always gone to the post office to get our passports or get them renewed. And I gotta say, I don't understand why people, you know, complain about the post office. Everyone I've gone to has been amazing. And in particular, the ones who've dealt with my kids as we've been getting our, our passports renewed and things like that. Um, although, as we also joked about in the beginning, we always have the families next to us wind up getting turned away because they're missing something. So maybe it's not the same experience for everyone, but I've been doing a lot of stuff with the, the post office with mailing things related to my book launch. And it's they're great. I love my local post office. So, all right, Jody, how about you? Yeah, this is killing me because I listen to your podcast every week. And how did I not know this question was going to come up? So (laughs) because we're in the middle of a bit of a cold snap here in Canada, I have to say it's my Sorel winter boots. And they're in their third year and they've really held up well. And I was at a backcountry lodge over the weekend where it got down to minus 20 Fahrenheit and quite cold. And my boots, um, yeah, after about an hour, sure, my toes were cold, but to be able to be out in the cold for that long, they were just fantastic. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be outside for an hour in minus 20 Fahrenheit. So if the boots did that for you, that's that's a pretty good uh, selling point right there. All right. Well, this has been uh, Jody Robbins uh, talking about uh, Canada and all things family travel. So Jody, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I learned a lot from that. Uh, And so here we're going to our question part of the program. Uh, This is from our survey. Sarah sent around a great survey in the fall. We got tons of responses, very useful. We found out what you guys like, what you don't like, which we're working on, I promise. And we got a lot of great questions as well. So this one from a listener says, I work from home and part-time. So I'd love to hear how you use downtime with kids when you're watching them, but could also be doing other things. I have a mobile one-year-old at home who plays well by himself, and I feel like I just waste time on my phone while watching him. Focused work or reading is too hard while keeping an eye on him, and while I know this is just a phase, it is several hours of the day I feel I could be using better. All right, so what do you think? Well, first of all, I think that it's just amazing that he plays well by himself because um, I feel like (laughs) your one-year-old doesn't. (laughs) You know, actually, she's probably one of the more independent ones of the three, but it's varied and it depends on the day. And um, the fact that she's already got that with her first kid is impressive. Cause actually I think that, I think that the, the more kids you have, the more likely you are to kind of let them learn to play by themselves or they're forced to. Whereas when it's your first kid, um, that's a little different. Maybe it's not her first kid anyway. So I digress, but my ideas are podcasts, always a fun way to, um, you know, learn something. You could be listening to us, just a suggestion. Um, you could do some organizing projects. So like maybe now is that perfect time to like, go through the spice drawer and get rid of old things or or whatever, because you don't really need your full attention for that. You can still have an eye on your child. I love to do FaceTime with my family when the kids are kind of playing because then I'm talking and they can be watching the kid, but then I'm also connecting with others. You could read something really light on a Kindle. 
you could do a cooking project and, you know, maybe especially if you can kind of see where they are from your kitchen. And I guess I would also say that it's okay to sometimes just watch Instagram stories if you're enjoying that and let yourself enjoy it. Yeah, you could do the analog version of that too, like paging through magazines um, that, you know, sometimes you can get through an article in something or, you know, it might not be. Or browse through the pictures in real simple. Browse through the pictures in real simple or just something fun like that. And, you know, magazines are actually really good, cheap entertainment. Uh, I mean, most of the subscriptions you get for about a dollar an issue um, if you get sort of the rolling or specials or whatever, if you you look for deals. Um, Or you might even be able to use like frequent flyer miles for it if you don't have enough for a trip, but you can cash them in for magazines or something but it's just such it's cheap entertainment and yes it's fluffy but it might be mildly more interesting and uplifting like you're looking at good photography hopefully reading professional writing versus like on twitter where you're looking at people calling each other names um so you know it, it might feel slightly more edifying with this time i was gonna say you could get some exercise in you know, like if you're inside, like push up, sit ups, do a few of those plank poses, just, uh, you know, if you could go outside to use some of this time and like just um, stroller walks, I always thought were like the best thing ever with mobile one year olds because they're strapped in. Uh, so you can sort of zone out during this time while you're you're doing something, you know, good for yourself and, and feeling energized with the, the fresh air. And obviously you could do a stroller walk in the mall or something if you're in a place where it's snowing and sleeting and all that. Or, you know, come up with a hobby like crossword puzzles. I mean, that's something you could do in like little bits of time. Um, Or adult coloring. Adult adult coloring. coloring. Yeah. You know, do some art with that. And, you know, again, yes, it's going to be brainless and it needs to be something that you can look up from every like minute to check if, if the kid is, you know decided to suddenly go grab a fork and stick it in a light socket. But like, you know, it's, uh, I I totally get this. And I I struggled with this as well. I I don't think I ever came up with a a good thing to do, but, uh, you know, I still don't, I will sit watching Alex play downstairs and I wound up getting him all these blocks because I actually like building blocks. Um, same thing with puzzles. I like kind of like puzzles. So it's then mildly entertaining for me. And then he'll either do it or won't do it with me. And he knocks over my block towers, which I'm sometimes sad about. Um, but, uh, you know, if you enjoy coloring, like, you know, coloring with the kid is, is great. But yeah, the magazines are often good too. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking with Jody Robbins about travel, family travel and, and Canada, visiting Canada. So we'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.